0: This is the Mark Madden Unfiltered Podcast from the Bet Rivers Network. Hello again, everybody. This is the Mark Madden Podcast. I'm Mark Madden, as luck would have it. We are on the Bet Rivers Podcast Network, and the phrase bet now from anywhere takes on maximum density because it's Super Bowl week. Yes, that's right. It's time for my official Super Bowl podcast Philadelphia versus Kansas City. The Eagles' pass rush against Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes. It's kill or be killed. Either the Eagles hurt Mahomes literally. Or Mahomes hurts the Eagles on the scoreboard, and I believe it really is that simple. So, as we stared on the barrel of the Super Bowl, America's biggest sporting event, let's start off with a top three list, top three Super Bowl heroes. Number three, it's Jack Lambert of this parish when he slammed Cliff Harris of Dallas to the turf in Super Bowl X after Harris made the mistake of taunting Steelers kicker Roy Jarella after he missed a field goal. Number two, Max McGee of Green Bay caught two touchdown passes in the first Super Bowl when he was still drunk from the night before. McGee didn't think he'd play, but a starter got hurt. McGee had left his helmet in the locker room. He had to borrow one, and he went out there on the field and got the job done. Probably would have got MVP, except Bart Starr, the Packers quarterback, had a great game, was not drunk, and used his own helmet. Number 1 Joe Namath Super Bowl 3. Beaver Falls Joe guaranteed it and the New York Jets upset of Baltimore launched the modern era of the big money NFL. Every player since right up till today is making more money because of Joe Namath. I'm joined now by my co-host Tom Offerman Tom uh, any heroes you'd like to add to that list? Anybody jump immediately to mind?
1: Yeah, I mean Ben Roethlisberger's is a pretty big hero for me as far as my formative years because of the drive against the Cardinals, and I guess you'd throw Santonio Holmes in that batch as well. Both guys from my parish. David Tyree would be a hero too because of that helmet catch against the undefeated Patriots. That was yeah, unbelievable. But that helmet thing was
0: a lucky catch. Come on. Eh,
1: I don't know about that. It takes some skill to go up there and, and keep it balanced on your head. But I agree, there was. A semblance of luck with it. But those are the guys that really ring true to me because I mean I wasn't alive for any of the players that you listed there.
0: And, and by the way, don't use the term my parish because I use that and I copyrighted TM. No, I stole it from somebody. I just don't remember <laughs> who, which which makes it mine. So um the the Ben and Santonio uh that that pass and catch, I gotta put that way up there. Yeah. I gotta put James Harrison for the hundred yard interception return. As much as I'm no fan of James Harrison, the man Uh, Just the way that it was all or nothing. Like, if that's a 99-yard interception return, it really doesn't mean that much except having deprived Arizona the points. But uh, instead of Arizona getting seven, Pittsburgh got seven. And I give Harrison credit because that's a long-distance for you know, a linebacker to run.
1: You saw how gassed he was, too, after the oh, play. Yeah. He rolls over onto his back like he's... He kind
0: of fell over into the end zone, he, even. Yeah. If that would have
1: been five yards more, I do not think he would have made it. Fitzgerald catches him, because Fitzgerald was a, a hair away from catching him there, too. Here's a cliche topic. If you were to power rank all of the Steelers' Super Bowls as far as entertainment value goes, would that one be the number 1? The Cardinals' Super Bowl? With the Harrison pick six and the Ben drive? With, well,
0: it, it has recency bias. For sure. Because uh, honestly, I remember so little about the first four Super Bowls, and you know they were right in my right. wheelhouse as a kid. Anyway, um, yeah, I, I would say so. Um, I remember Super Bowl Thirty when they lost the Cowboys because I covered it for the Post Gazette, and there were a lot of great parties. Uh,
1: I, I saw so that could be number two on the list. I
0: saw the I saw the brother of a famous dead actor, also an actor partaking of the very drug that killed his brother oh. in copious amounts in the in the men's room at, at the, the TNT Super Bowl party, oh. which I went to because, you know, I was just starting to do wrestling then, and TNT had some NFL games at the time as well as, of course, World Championship Wrestling. You so, saw that,
1: and you're probably like, that's probably not going to end well. I've seen that movie before. No, no, he's still alive. Oh, okay, very good.
0: And still on TV, believe it or <laughs> not. So there you go. But, uh, but yeah, I... Uh, the first four Super Bowl wins, I I remember Bradshaw throwing the touchdown pass when he got knocked out, but I'm not sure which game that was. Those two Dallas ones.
1: I'm sure they run together, yeah. Yeah,
0: like Jackie Smith dropping the touchdown, I remember that. You know, I remember very vividly Hollywood Henderson saying that Terry Bradshaw couldn't spell cat <laughs> if you spotted him the C and the A.
1: Which is great trash talk.
0: And I've heard Terry do interviews about that even recently, and he still he doesn't like he that. He still
1: hasn't he, gone over that.
0: Well, he, he he has never liked him allegedly being dumb, brought up. And I just heard a recent interview where he said Chuck Knoll, the coach, should have done more to say, listen, this guy calls his own plays. How dumb could he be? Uh, and Terry and Chuck, I mean, they always had kind of a tenuous, almost fractured relationship, but certainly one would not have prospered as much without the other.
1: Oh, of course not. And I think that's true about, you know, all these debates with, is it Brady, is it Belichick, is it Ben, is it Cowher, is it Ben, is it Tomlin? Like, It's such a symbiotic relationship between the two. If you're going to have massive success, you need both parts of the equation: quarterback and the coach.
0: Yeah, although I think since Brady left Belichick, it looks more like Brady than Belichick. Although Brady hasn't covered himself in glory the last two years either.
1: But Brady did win the Super Bowl, so he will always have that trump card.
0: Exactly, exactly right. So uh, I just saw a thing online. What's the best quarterback coach combination to never win a Super Bowl? I would guess Don Shula and Marino.
1: Yeah, that, that just—I mean, Don Shula has a Super Bowl, too, right? I think he has two Super Bowl ranks, so—
0: Undefeated Dolphins. Yeah,
1: so, I mean, he— Obviously checks the box there, but with Marino, I think that would be the the, the most obvious answer. It is Could
0: amazing you... to me, Dan Marino never won a Super Bowl.
1: Who were the coach of the Chargers with Dan Fouts? That team. was that Don Coryell, yeah, Eric Coryell. Maybe that's a good one too, quarterback coach. Well, yeah, one. but
0: but I got to tell you, I can't believe Marino. Forget about the coach combination. Right. I can't believe he never won a Super Bowl. I have Dan Marino in my top two or three quarterbacks of all time, and he might be the best. Like people talk about Peyton Manning, I know Dan Marino was better than Peyton Manning.
1: Yeah, when you look at. Dan Marino's pro football reference page, it looks like he's playing in 2023. Yeah. Like the numbers that he yeah. put up, the yardage that he was throwing for, the touchdown passes, it's it's insanity. And it wasn't just like a fluke one-year thing where he threw for 40-plus touchdowns. It was every single year. It was incredible.
0: And by the way, that was not Dan Marino in the bathroom at the TNT Super Bowl Good party. to know. Because I don't know if Dan even has brothers. Okay, what do you got? With Five the- guys, good cop, bad cop. Let's get it moving.
1: You want to go good cop, bad cop first? All right, my good cop, bad cop are celebs who are actually cops. Very exciting. And my good cop is someone that I would like to be pulled over by, and it's Shaq. Could you imagine if you got pulled over by Shaq? Where
0: was Shaq a cop?
1: Shaq's a cop in Miami. He's a registered sh- oh, sheriff. Oh, you mean he's really a cop? He's a re- these are guys really cops. Like, these are really cops in real life. Like, he's a reserve police officer in Miami. He could technically pull you over and arrest you. And how funny would that be? Like, imagine him bending down to the window to ask for your license and registration.
0: I'm not sure I can imagine him bending down at this point.
1: How do you fit in a cop car? You'd have to drive like one of those SUV SWAT cars around. This is
0: more of an honorary title than anything, right? I don't
1: know. I think he actually goes. The next guy, though, bad cop, had a TV show where he was a legit cop. Steven Seagal. Did you ever watch that show where he was a cop down in Louisiana?
0: He was that had to have been horrible.
1: It's terrible, and he like. Makes himself out to be the expert on everything. Like, he goes to real cops, because he's a cop, but he's not a real cop. And he's like, don't worry, I got this figured out, guys. I, I've, I've dealt with the situations many times in the past. And they're like, okay, buddy.
0: I've never seen a more overrated action movie tough guy than Steven Seagal.
1: Oh, I know. That's why he's my he, bad cop. He doesn't cop.
0: really look the part. He, he does kind of do, like you said, the, the talking part okay.
1: Kind and, and of. And I guess
0: he's educated in karate and all that stuff.
1: But his movies are all like D list movies, right? D F even. No, like, Under Siege is, he, is was, a good movie. Under
0: Siege, you know, had Tommy Lee Jones in it okay. when he was at the peak of his uh, of his drawing power. Uh Under Siege 2 had Eric Bogosian, who was a okay. a very serious uh, character actor.
1: But for the most part, Steven Seagal goes straight to, you know, video kind of movies, stuff like now, that. See, I
0: I you know what's funny? I think he's a talentless lump, but I like <laughs> some of his movies. A, a great story. Jenny McCarthy was on a radio show. And she said she auditioned for Under Siege. But Steven Seagal was like doing the casting and he wanted to see her naked. He goes, I have to know how you look naked for this role. <laughs> and Jenny McCarthy said, You know, thanks, but no thanks. But you know what? She did it invertly. She ratted out Erica Aleniak, who was who in the movie. And
1: then got cast in the role. Yeah,
0: so I'm assuming Steven Seagal got, got to see her naked.
1: See, he's a good bad cop. I'm glad I put him as a bad but cop. But she
0: was naked in the movie, to be fair. Like, Jenny McCarthy, I'd take her word for it that she looks okay naked.
1: All right, back to the Super Bowl before we get to five guys. What if Mahomes goes one and two in Super Bowls? Do you think there'll be a narrative there where it's like, he's great, but... He's under five hundred now in Super Bowls. Like with Elway, it was a thing with him, right, where he couldn't win the Super Bowl until he finally won the last two in his swan song.
0: Right, and ironically, when he wasn't that great of a quarterback. Now it won't be like Terrell Davis, right,
1: and it won't be like Elway because Mahomes obviously has the one Super Bowl where Elway didn't, but it still should be a talking point if he does go to one and two. Don't you agree?
0: I think the talking point is those who want to push Mahomes as the goat already at this, you know, very early stage in his career. Those, you know, defending Brady, because it really is a battle of Brady versus Mahomes, Mahomes yes. in the current incarnation of the conversation. I think the Brady supporters get big ammunition if Mahomes is under 500 in Super Bowls after Sunday.
1: Yeah, especially with Brady being 7-3. and three. I mean that's just dominance right there. It's interesting. It it maybe could be like a LeBron Jordan type of thing, where like Jordan was six and zero obviously in finals. Brady seven and three. What if Mahomes is great, wins three Super Bowls, but what if he's like three and six in Super Bowls? You know what I mean? Like how LeBron is four and six in NBA Finals. Like there could be a nice little juxtaposition there that's similar to the LeBron Jordan. Which by the way, LeBron set in the NBA all time scoring record. last Yeah, is that night. a big deal? It feels like it's not right. Like well, it feels like everybody's just this. like ho hum.
0: Let me ask, what? What records in any sport are still a big deal? What number pops to mind? When I was a kid, 714, the Babe Ruth career number, Just you you heard it all the time. And then Hank Aaron broke it, and he got it up to 755, I think it was. And, you know, uh, it just kind of, you know, Babe Ruth was a mythical figure. Of course. And Hank Aaron should have been, but there was kind of the black-white thing going. Aaron got a lot of hate mail during the chase there which is just reprehensible but I can't think of any number right now The, the one I come back to is probably the least breakable DiMaggio. Joe DiMaggio's fifty-six game hitting streak, but even that you don't hear talked about very much because somebody has to get a hitting streak up yeah. in the twenties before it's even brought up.
1: And then even then, it's so far fetched. Like even if they're at like twenty-five, they've they're not even halfway there at that point. So that was the one that came to mind first. But baseball's so boring, so who really cares about that sport anyway? Well, I, I, but I think there would be a draw if, like, say, a hitter had like forty-five hits going, a forty-five game hitting. streak. I think streak. records then would have been watch.
0: diminished in every sport. I think. Uh, uh, halls of fame have been diminished in every sport. i It's funny. We talk more about the history of sports than ever before, and none of it means as much as it used to.
1: And the sports themselves diminish it. Like, look at last summer with Aaron Judge chasing that quote-unquote home run record. That was such a farce. It was just the AL home run record. He didn't hit the most home runs in the season in Major League Baseball history.
0: Like, Gretzky had most goals in the season. I want to say it's 92, but it doesn't pop right to mind. Right. Y- y- you know, uh... Barry Bonds, I mean, he had... You
1: 762, know, I think it is. Yeah, and like how many that. How
0: many in a season? 73.
1: 73,
0: I think. But see, we're, we're stumbling over yeah. it because, because, you know, the steroid thingy diminished that. The steroid scandal in baseball ruined the home run records, both single season and career, forever. Not just because Barry got him either. Just the chase involving, you know, him after McGuire and Sosa broke it already. It's not a record to be trusted or revered anymore.
1: Now, we talk about Mahomes potentially being the GOAT. What about Andy Reid in and the GOAT coach conversation? He won't get there, but I think if he wins the Super Bowl, you could make the argument that he could be a top-three coach behind Noel and Belichick.
0: Well, you know, I, I realized something about Noel that, that leads me to, to put him in even higher esteem than I than I had. Uh, the Steelers won their first two Super Bowls based largely on having a great defensive core. Yes. And then the NFL changed the rules, Because there was every chance Mel Blunt might kill somebody, you know, uh, chucking him at the line. He just buried people. And and the Oakland Raiders did that, too. So the NFL changed the rules, you know, to provide for more offense. Chuck Noel figured that out right away. Like, the minute that they changed the rules, he adjusted everything. And the next thing you know, they win two Super Bowls based on having a fairly high-powered offense.
1: Would you say that's the true mark of a great coach? Someone that can adapt like that. Someone that doesn't get stuck in their ways, has their ways for sure, would prefer to do it their way, but realizes this ain't going to work, i got to adapt.
0: Uh, 100%. And yeah. I think that's what made what, what Noel did with those Steelers very special. And it's it, that's even tougher than adjusting to the changes in your roster, although to be fair, those weren't as plentiful back then in the days prior to free agency and, and the salary cap but 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 you know when the rules change and obviously I, I maybe Chuck was on the competition committee back then. I don't remember right. but for the most part he probably didn't see it coming and boom next thing you know the Steelers are exactly what they needed to be to keep winning.
1: With Andy Reid, though, it'd be his second Super Bowl. He's been to four. One with the Eagles. Through This would be his third with the Chiefs. He didn't win one with the Eagles, but he's the only coach ever to win ten playoff games with two different franchises. Like, if he wins this one and gets two rings, that resume really starts to stack up to be in that top five conversation.
0: Has he ever had a losing season? He has had a losing season. Well, then season. he's a rotten So Coach, coach T's yeah. number three, then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, He's number three, all right. Uh, but, uh... I, you know, Andy Reid's a good coach. You know what else keeps coaches from being, you know, climbing that ladder? And Belichick's a throwback to that. How often does a coach just say with the same team indefinitely? Right. Like, like you know, Reid was with Philly a fairly long time and did a fairly good job, but they still chucked him out the door.
1: Yeah, and you know, that's interesting. I know that was a long time ago when they chucked him out the door, but you bring up another point that I wanted to talk to you about. The Eagles are kind of like the anti-Steeler way, and they're proving that that can work too. Like, they're not just status quo. Doug Peterson won a Super Bowl. He's out the door in three years. This entire team... I
0: don't even know who this Sirianni guy is. It's fine. Don't his his brother coach at IUP or something? Yeah, he
1: does. it's five years removed from when they won their Super Bowl, and it's a completely different team. Sure, you still have Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson and Fletcher Cox. There's a couple guys that are holding over. Those are Hall of Fame level talents, though. Of course, you're going to hang on to them. Everywhere else is different, from the coaching staff to the personnel. It reflects it's the amazing. disposable
0: nature of everything in football, and it's just and indeed in pro sports.
1: And I just think it goes to show that you know, yes, the Steelers way can work, but it hasn't in a while. And the other way of doing things, being maybe a little more volatile, can work just as well. The Eagles are proving that.
0: Who's going to win the Super Bowl?
1: I'm leaning towards the Eagles. I think that they're going to be able to run the ball. But if Chris Jones can get the better of Jason Kelsey, which I think is the biggest matchup in this game, and he can stop that Eagles running game, then I think Jalen Hurts throwing the ball could be a little shaky. Not because he's a bad thrower, just because I think his shoulder is still pretty hurt. like They have not had to pass the ball much. They have not asked him to pass the ball at all, really, in this playoff run, and they haven't needed to. They've been running the ball down people's throats. If Chris Jones and that Chiefs defensive front can stop that run and force him into throwing the ball, and I'm sure the offense of the Chiefs will do their part by scoring enough points to make them throw the ball, that's, I think, the best way for the Chiefs to make this a game and win it. But I just think the Eagles are too good on the offensive line that they're going to handle Chris Jones. And Jason Kelsey's a Hall of Famer. He's going to move them around, and they're going to run for 150-plus yards.
0: I think the Eagles are the better team. I think they're much better. Well, that, that's not... I mean, I think the Eagles had the better offensive and defensive lines. I think Kansas City's are pretty good too. Yes. I mean, Kansas City was second in the league in sacks behind the Eagles, but they were second by 15.
1: I know it's cliché to say this cuz it's the Super Bowl and all the two best teams are there, but, but I think the they two really best are. Teams. But, yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's not always the case. Like last year the Bengals were 10 and 7, were kind of a Cinderella story when they got to the Super Bowl. These are the two best teams and I love how it's best on best because I think you're right. Best roster in the league as a whole, Philadelphia Eagles. Best player in the league though, Patrick Mahomes. I like that kind of matchup. Well, that and, and that's
0: why I'm picking the Chiefs. Cause I You're going to go with the Chiefs. I can't bet against Mahomes. I can't. You know, it's funny because two years ago, I literally <laughs> bet against Brady and on Mahomes. That's right. And now Mahomes is in the Brady spot where you feel dumb if you bet against him.
1: I don't know, though. That that uh, Nothing against Mahomes. And I think that he is going to be healthier than Hurts is going to be with this two weeks off. So I think his mobility is going to be back. I just don't see... The Eagles being stopped on the ground offensively, which I think makes their life a lot easier. Well, they're to score fourteen points. zero
0: every time they've gained a hundred or more yards on the ground this year. That's telling.
1: Very telling. Five guys. Should we get to five guys? Let's go to v- five guys. Very excited about five guys today. These are five athletes who are just junky gamblers. I mean, just can't stop gambling. Number five, Phil Kessel.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I can't believe he's playing in Las Vegas. Oh, like that's going to be a dream come true. Like he's making like. Not great loot. He's making what three million, something like that. Is it beyond that he could lose his whole paycheck in the casinos?
1: No, but in his mind, he's probably thinking I can take a pay cut because I'm going to double this in the casinos. He's
0: not a bad poker player.
1: He plays in like the World Series of yeah. Poker, doesn't he? You well, have to be good. And he, and
0: no, anybody can do that. That has but the doesn't money he to make
1: enter. it into like the rounds I don't know. of like. There's your... there so
0: many that play that. Okay, now. it's like the old days. I just watched Rounders the other night where Matt Damon says oh. the same three guys are, are at the finals. You know, the final three guys left in the World Series of Poker, is it luck? Well, I don't think that's the case anymore. And I think, obviously, the more you put into any competition, the more luck plays a hand.
1: Poker scares the hell out of me. Like, real poker. Going Like, I love playing with my friends on a poker night, but going to an actual casino and sitting down at a table scares the hell out of me.
0: Poker frustrates me because, as you're aware, Tom, I have a tested IQ of 166. Of course. It's one thing that my raw intelligence can't quite cipher. Uh, I I play too scared, especially in cash games. You know where I'm good? In tournaments. I do decent tournaments because slow playing... Will get you into the cash. Yeah, Yeah. right, exactly. You can survive for a long time. And then if you survive playing slow and then just get one killer hand... Yes. Then you you generally get to the money.
1: Because if you get to the final table, even if you lose, you're getting away with something, right? More than you're buying. Well,
0: my general tradition is if the top six get money, I finish seventh. (laughs)
1: All right, number four, I got Charles Barkley. Noted gambler, loves to fly to Vegas, uh, has lost a ton of money on record in his career, but I think he can afford to lose that money because he's still a working man. One of the best analysts I think we have going as far as studio TV is concerned, but I mean, just a massive gambler.
0: Yeah, I think the more money you have, the worse gambler you are. If you start off broke and make money by gambling and get rich that way, you're still going to be a good gambler, but but I I think the more money you have, the more... Uh, carefree, you'll be wagering it.
1: And don't you think that an athlete with that, you know, just the rush you get from winning a big bet is the probably the only thing comparable that they have outside of their actual sport and competing. Well, the problem and that rush? there
0: is it depends how big the bet is.
1: Which, they have to make some massive bets. Right,
0: exactly. Like, Michael Jordan, who I'm sure is on your list. Oh, yeah, he's coming. Yeah, I mean, he just bet absurd amounts because he had absurd amounts. And, like, I remember when somebody called the show way back when and said, well, Michael Jordan could never lose all the money he has. And they go, are you sure? Because that's what, that's what like, Leonard Tos, who owned the Philadelphia Eagles, like, back in the 70s and 80s, he literally lost everything gambling. And how much money did he have to have to own the Eagles? But he right. lost everything. Like, like Dick Vermeil. Remember the guy who coached the Eagles? Yeah, of course. Years later, he was like, you know, giving Leonard Toast money because Toast had employed him and treated him good, and Toast was that down on his luck.
1: You know, it's kind of like that now in the celebrity circles. Is the rapper Drake? Like, he'll always put on his social media like a big million dollar, two million dollar bet for a lot of sporting events. He could be end up broke real fast by doing that.
0: That's not the Drake from Seinfeld, is it? It's not. No,
1: Drake coffee cake.
0: Who's or no! That's
1: the, sorry, never mind. Move past that. Charles Barkley was number four. Number three, I cheated on this one. I got two guys because they're both golfers. John Daly and Phil Mickelson. John Daly said in his autobiography he lost $60 million gambling. Do you believe that?
0: I believe he lost uh, eight figures.
1: Even if you cut that figure in more than half, that's still an overwhelming amount of money. I would believe
0: gambling. 10. I would believe 10.
1: I would believe ten to Phil Mickelson is rumored to have lost between like twenty to forty million dollars in the past couple of years. A lot of people say that's why he went to live. His main motivating factor was because he was in it with the bookies.
0: Well, I, I but I don't think Phil Mickelson like he's not betting with bookies who would break his leg. He's betting with casinos. You know what I mean? Who would foreclose on his house maybe. But I would hope Phil Mickelson's not
1: What if he is betting in the old school ways, like meeting yeah. a guy in the back alley? I,
0: I just I just can't see that. But uh yeah. Now, how bad are these guys at gambling? I, I Forgive my ignorance. What do Daly and Mickelson play?
1: I think it's a lot of sports gambling uh, with Mickelson. I think with Daly, it's a lot of cards, a lot of casinos, table games, and stuff like that. But you're right. Like, How bad do they have to be at it to be losing this amount of money? But then also, it's sexier for Daly to go out there in his autobiography and say, I've lost $60 million. Yes. You don't know how much he's won. Like yes. that could have evened out. Like, what if he's won forty million dollars? You know what I mean? Like, just it, it, oh you don't no! Know. I,
0: whenever somebody says what they've lost, I'm assuming that's a net. Okay, a net loss.
1: All right, number two, Pete Rose. I mean, he's not in the Hall of Fame because of his junky gambling natures.
0: Do you think he should be in Hall of Fame? Yeah,
1: absolutely, as a player for sure. Because I don't think it was proven that he he gambled as a player.
0: Yeah, but he broke the rule that's on the door of every yeah. baseball clubhouse.
1: He'll but, never get in the Hall of Fame.
0: But but you know they put David Ortiz in. You know, who fucked the steroid test. I mean, you see, I i don't want to put Rose in because he knew the consequences. Steroids was like a brave new world back then. I mean, you could even use them legally in terms of the law.
1: You know, right. It wasn't like the gambling one where it's written on the door of the clubhouse. You right. stick a needle in you, no Hall of Fame, you're banned from the game.
0: Right, right. If that had been on the door of the clubhouse, I would have
1: yeah, I see uh, an you're easier time
0: accepting Barry Bonds, the all-time leading everything not beat in a hall.
1: Do you give Pete Rose a little bit of a pass because he, and you don't know if this is true or not, it's just his word, he claims he always bet on the Reds to win.
0: I don't believe he always bet on the you Reds. You think he bet against this team? Any junkie gambler who would have the ultimate inside way to control a result. Like bring a
1: lefty in when you shouldn't or something forget, like that? Don't
0: forget, Pete Rose couldn't control what the other team did, but he couldn't control what his team did, and he couldn't guarantee that win, but he could guarantee that lose.
1: That's right. So... I have a hard time believing it, too, but you got to make that lie. You can't go after the fact. I'm interested to see if when he's like getting close to his deathbed, if he does do a little bit of a tell-all and he's like, what, oh, what I, I bet against what, the Reds what, all what, the time. What
0: I think Pete Rose could have done more likely is when he bet on the Reds. He would just like, you know, use like nine relief pitchers, just exhaust every means to try to win the game and then leave his team vulnerable the, the next day or so. Although, although if, the there were, if there were examples of that I think somebody would have uncovered those as well. probably.
1: All right. Number one, we alluded to him earlier, was Michael Jordan. He was like a bully gambler, too. Like a lot of stories like he'll lose a bet and then bully the person into going double or nothing or triple or nothing or, or always trying to win his money back.
0: Well, and and he was so good at basketball, he couldn't accept that he, for example, was only average at golf.
1: Right, exactly, because people would take him all the time, right? Like, I think I saw a story just recently of Jeremy Roenick said that they played 18 twice in a day, and he was just taking him for everything he had.
0: Roenick did. Yeah,
1: and then as MJ was drinking during the day, they had a game that night, the Bulls did, and MJ said, I bet you we win by 20 and I score more than 40, like double or nothing on what he lost that day. He went out there, hung over, and apparently dropped 52 points, and the Bulls won by 30.
0: That's the same thing Pete Rose did.
1: Got Drunk and played, or no, no, no.
0: I mean, he he bet on a game he was involved in, you know, not with a bookie, but still betting with you know, and a lot of money too.
1: I don't necessarily poo poo the theory that Jordan's absence for a year of the NBA was due to his gambling habits and the league I, I, behind scenes saying, Well, you need to step away.
0: I don't think you could find any paper trail for that,
1: probably not, but
0: that might have been where like you know, the NBA said, Listen, it would be a good idea if.
1: And I also, as much as this stinks to think about, the way that his dad was tragically murdered. Doesn't that seem kind of fishy, like you're in deep with some bad people, with gambling debts, stuff like that?
0: Don't you think Jordan would have talked if that was the case?
1: <sighs> Maybe he's always suspected it, but has never been able to prove it, so he doesn't want to say anything. You no, know no, what no, I mean?
0: no, but if they were going to kill his dad because of gambling debts, there would be no point in Jordan not knowing it. They would make sure he knew.
1: That's true. That's true because they'd want to threaten them to make sure that they get the money. So maybe that one is a little less flimsy. But I do think that Stern and the NBA were kind of like, dude, you got to step away from. Yeah, a the
0: bit. dad thing, I, I don't put a ton of credence in. But him, him not playing in the NBA for a year, I, I think a lot of dominoes fell for that to happen. Then he played baseball, which was just absurd. A terrible, yeah. He was just awful. Made
1: Space Jam. Um,
0: uh, I've seen the porn version, Face Jam. It's wonderful. Um. One thing about Michael Jordan. And by the way, I I always had heard that Mario Lemieux beat Michael Jordan for a lot of money.
1: Yes, I've heard that too. Uh,
0: at, at you know playing at the Mario Lemieux Celebrity Golf Classic, Mario says no, and he denies it. Yeah, and he 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 would he would not put it this way. If he had just brushed off the talk, I would say okay, he he did it. But he has said pointedly no.
1: Hmm. Do you think Lemieux just is a guy that is so classy that he wouldn't admit that though? Because I could see him being that humble of a winner.
0: I think he admitted to me off the record. But, but Probably he he, he he told, like, no, I actually, I take that back. If I beat Michael Jordan for like a couple <laughs> mil, I'd print t shirts up. You know what I mean? I'd call guys like me and spill the beans. I mean, my God. <laughs> and one thing about Michael Jordan, you can't feel sorry for him because he's a jerk. Of course jerk. not. He's a total jerk. He's a total jerk. Like, I, I always tell people if you want to know how floridly uh, neurotic Michael Jordan is, listen to his Hall of Fame speech. Where he buries everybody. Never heard it. I should listen oh, to it. He buries everybody. Like his high school coach who caught him. Yeah, that's right. He made like, JV like, or whatever. He's yeah. not joking around either. He's he's like everybody. Like, you know, this guy dotted me. That guy dotted me. Hey, so-and-so. Remember when I kicked your ass for 45? He's just a jerk. He's a jerk
1: for sure. All right, before we wrap up, do you like prop bets at all in the Super Bowl? Like any of the weird ones? Like coin toss? I- I'll
0: tell you one uh, I was looking at because we've had a couple people mention it on the show. Uh, I talked about it with Tim Benz on his podcast for the trip as well. Who's that backup running back for the Eagles? Kenneth Gainwell. Yeah, his over under for yards is 16.5. Yeah. For them to succeed. Of course. He has to have more than that because they can't just run Miles Sanders forever.
1: No, and Gainwell's actually been getting more run in this playoff stretch. Of course, they've been winning big later in games, so maybe that's why, but I think that's a really good bet. But I'm talking about like the goofy, goofy ones. Like where like. Gatorade color of the coach that gets the Gatorade bath: purple, red, orange, blue. Like you can bet on stuff like that. Like national anthem over under length for whoever's singing the national anthem: is it going to be heads? Is it going to be tails? Like, I-, I like to throw some money around on some of those.
0: Uh, I think Pat McAfee he makes a ton of prop bets for the Super yeah. Bowl. I think. I think. Uh, I think I remember that, and I think he starts off by making a huge bet on the coin flip because he wants to start off with the result.
1: Well, here's the thing: I like that too. Opening kickoff to be a touchback on Bet Rivers right now is minus 143. So you're going to have to lay some juice down there, but it's going to be a touchback. It just has to be, right? They're in a dome. That kicker's going to be amped up. He's going to boot that thing into the back of the end zone. You throw like 50 bucks, 100 bucks down on minus 143, get a nice little bankroll going right at the start of the game. Yeah, exactly. Do you agree with me, though? There's no way it's not a touchback.
0: Well, no way is is the siren song of those who lose a lot of money. That's
1: true. Put it this way. It's a touchback if the Chiefs or the Eagles, whoever's kicking off, wants it to be a touchback. If they want them to bring it out and they want to, like, you know, make a tackle, maybe make a play early, they'll pop it up in the air and make them take it out. It's up to the team kicking off. But I just feel like that's such an easy one to get you going.
0: There are so many. What's the percentage of touchbacks, I wonder? That's not something you know off the top of your head, I'm sure. But do you think they should take the kickoffs out of the game? Just start the team off at such-and-such such a yard line every time?
1: Nah, because I think that just looks stupid. Like, I, I like—even if most of them are going to be kicked out of the back of the end zone and nothing really happens except for guys sprinting down the field, I, I still think that's a good way to exchange the ball.
0: I think that uh, that they should use the rouge, the single point, whenever— is that apply to kickoffs in the Canadian Football League? Where's Chris Jericho when you need him? He'd be able to tell us. Um— but uh, but I always like, and I'm not sure the exact rules because I've never watched a Canadian football game to any reasonable length. But like, if you kick a ball and it goes through the end zone, and their end zones are 20 yards long, to be sure, yes. I think you get one point. Okay, so my dream scenario is like the Grey Cup, their Super Bowl, comes down to a tie game, and there's like no, there's like one second left on the clock, and um <laughs> you, you have the ball at the one, at the other team's one, and instead of kicking a field goal, instead of, you know, going for the touchdown, you just snap at your punter and he kicks it like th- a thousand yards out of the end zone. <laughs> and they win by you one. get a point, yeah. yeah.
1: I've always wondered, would it be cool if, like in the NFL on kickoffs, if the kicker could hit the crossbar from that far away, you get a bonus point or something like that?
0: Uh, or how about, what if you kick the ball through the goalpost on the kickoff?
1: That seems, would that be too easy to do, though, with the way kickers are these days? of a tee? They're not trying to though. So you would I don't have know. to do
0: it off the tee, no holder, of course, no specialty. Yeah, of course. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't think it would be that easy.
1: Like you give them what, like an extra point, like an extra two points or something like that. If you just bang it through the, the other team still gets the ball, but you kind of just get a little boost there.
0: They're just not going to do that. In fact, <laughs> now that we've discussed it, it sounds even dumber.
1: Well, the sport's dying, so they definitely need to think of things to fix it.
0: You know, you know what? If they, if they, if that would get them an extra dollar, they would do it. If they, they. How about this? They should do one. If anybody kicks the ball through the goalpost during the entire postseason, the next year the conference championship games are at neutral sites. <laughs> well, we told them not to kick. You know, just that. that hey, what can we do? All right. Uh, so my. So your official pick is Philadelphia Eagles.
1: I'm going Eagles.
0: What's the spread right this second at BetRivers.com? Is the,
1: BetRivers.com right now? Just get a point at... and a half. Last I looked. It's still point a point and a half. Eagles minus one and a half. Do you right want to now. give a
0: point and a half to the Chiefs?
1: I do. I do. Well, I think the a- Eagles win by three.
0: Okay, I'm going with I'm going with the Chiefs. That's Tom Offerman. I'm Mark Madden. Thank you for listening to the Mark Madden podcast on the Bet Rivers podcast network. Catch new episodes of Mark Madden Unfiltered every week. Available on the Bet Rivers Network, betrivers.com, and wherever you find your podcasts.